Comrades and friends, from the shadow of Rockford Tower in Highlands Bunker Studio, this is Rob. We have a special episode this week. We're chatting about Delaware's premier progressive online magazine, The Delaware Call. You may have heard of it uh, if you have cool friends. So this evening I've gathered real crew uh, to talk about The Call, uh, what it will do in 2021 and beyond, uh, our personal roles in it, and your crucial role in it as well, because uh, it involves you too, dear listener. Uh, this evening, along with Carl, of course, uh, we have Jess Scarane, an activist and part of a movement of leftists who made historical victories last fall. You may have heard of it. Uh, hello, Jess. Hey, Rob. Happy to be here. Cool. Uh, we have a saying um, in sort of general circles uh, that goes, always be organizing. That's uh, an inspirational thing, um, more like a mindset, uh, but somebody forgot to tell Ty Greer, so she just always organizes. Um, Network Delaware, Delaware DSA, Working Families Party, Ty, what's up? Hey, everyone. Hey, Rob. How are Happy you? Happy to be here. Happy Ooh. to be here. And uh, rounding us out, co-managing editor of the Delaware Call and the only local, ger local journalist ever known uh, to give Carl Baker the old scoop a dupe, Jordan Howe. Hey, man, what's going on? Happy to be here again. So after our discussion about the call uh, and its role in our project, we're going to do some bonus coverage uh, for Patreon side. Um, if you want to hear uh, this esteemed panel riff on the news of the day, uh, such as a subreddit bankrupting a hedge fund uh, via memeing, uh, the militarized inauguration, uh, classic, classic leftist infighting, uh, we could probably talk about that, and, and so on. Uh, please check out uh, the bonus episode on Patreon. It will be publicly available. It uh, just will not be on Delaware Call for, you know, reasons you can probably think of. Um, so by the time we drop this, we'll have had our, our first annual uh, fundraiser program, which was uh, Thursday the 28th. And we rolled out to some of our new subscribers um, a lot of things that we're doing in 2021. Um, one of the huge ones is Jess's. Um, you want to tell everybody what you're what you're dropping uh, this year? Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely talking about it that way too. Um, no, so what we have been working on, kind of in the fall and now into winter, is putting together a video series and pushing that out through. The Call, which has been a great place for some of Jordan and other writers writing that I've really enjoyed this entire time. So I reached out to Rob to see if that's something we could do, right? And I think what we're really seeing is that there are some real, I'll say, gaps to fill when it comes to informing Delawareans about policy in our state. Um, I think that's one thing we absolutely want to focus on and talk about how we could break down policy in a way where we're having just like regular conversations about what it means to push for some of the things we're going to be advocating for um, at the state level, what it would mean for the lives of Delawareans here, and to talk about that in a really conversational way, in a really a way that's accessible to people, because I think a whole lot of people feel like that stuff is not accessible to them right now. And that's really one of the things I learned through our campaign, right, was we put out quite a few videos on a regular cadence and in addition to doing live streams. And that really drove excitement and engagement with the political process for people and made it so that they wanted to kind of tune in to learn more and keep hearing about these things. So we want to continue providing that. 
And then the other piece is, is trying to make sure that we're also centering the voices of workers in our state. You know, people like us always get to come on podcasts and things like that. And um, your average working person doesn't always get a place to share their story and talk about what's going on in their life and talk about how what they need to change. So that's another big part uh, and theme that we want to tackle through this. No, what I what I love about it is we will be able to use the um, new Jest video just dropped. I'm, I'm very excited to be able to do that. <laughs> but really, yeah, I'm excited to be able to tell like workers' stories. I think um, there the the movement really has people who are just working gig economy jobs, working at Amazon, um, all of these kind of things. Uh, or maybe they're not even working right now based on uh, the situation. And if, if they can if they can see some of their stories and see that um, there's organizing to be done and their life can be better, I think there's some excitement there. Plus, I mean, people love short videos. They love like little 90-second, two-minute videos that will explain something. And I think, you know, people will be able to share them and be real excited about them. I'm, I mean, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I think the part where you say like, people can see other stories. I, I think that's incredibly important to the work that we're trying to do because of the fact that so much of our lives, particularly now, cause we're all stuck at home, but are like atomized and lonely. And I think a lot of people are, think they're going through whatever they're going through on their own. And I think this is a real opportunity to show people that that's not true. It's not true locally. Like we are all experiencing the same things and a lot of it is driven by the same forces. And I think it's really important to make sure that that message comes across to people. And, and that's what we think we can do. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's, it's tying into some other video projects that, um, that we're working on with, with Eugene and with Zach and, I just think it's it's a it's just the the we're always talking about outreach, and the fact of the matter is that a lot of people just this is the way they consume media, um, and this is the way that it's going to be done. Um, so yeah, when you when you sort of had this idea, I was very very excited about it, and I know I I know uh, Mr. Scarine will also be involved <laughs> in it um, in some fashion, so that will be fun. It'll be Definitely. fun to work with uh, with him. Uh, I think Jordan's also going to be involved in that, but is also involved in so many of our, um, basically our long-term uh, writing projects. One I want to talk about, I don't know if it's going, I, I'm hoping that it's ready by the time this goes out. This will be perfect because this will be like a deadline for you. Um, the story about uh, the, basically laying out Laying out the real story behind the, the LLCs, what that money is, and how, how secret it is. Um, you want to give us just some highlights from that? Um, so just give people a little bit of, of a taste of it. Yeah, sure. So when we started um, Delaware Call, one of the things, um, I mean, kind of had two focuses of types of stories that um, I wanted to look into. Uh, stories about um, PACs election spending, um, because... A lot of our election stories here in Delaware tend to focus on the candidates and we don't um, tend to get uh, a lot of coverage on, you know, other ways in which, uh, you know, money, uh, you know, influences our elections. Um, and wrote several stories on that. And then, you know, my other, my other focus was just on government transparency and accountability. And I started working on this story about um, the division of corporations when uh, we started Delaware Call back in August. And 
um, you know, one of the things that you know, I slowly started learning over time is that, you know, as much, you know, at, at times it seemed like the story was all about LLCs do illegitimate, I don't want to say illegitimate LLCs, but, um, you know, criminal organizations that have established LLCs in Delaware and can basically run afoul of the law without any consequences whatsoever um, because they can operate anonymously. Um, you know, uh, corporations um, are able to use it from, you know, the, our um, corporation law uh, and corporation laws in order to dodge taxes in other states, especially on uh, something called non-physical assets, such as trademarks and things like that. All the income generated from those they can transfer to Delaware and then don't have to pay taxes on that in the home state. Um, and a lot of this information, though, is, you know, very difficult to find. You know, after speaking with uh, sources in the banking industry here, uh, you know, I just was running into, or basically they're explaining to me how, uh, you know, money, uh, money laundering and fraud investigations always tend to hit uh, a brick wall in Delaware uh, because of Delaware's secrecy. And so, you know, the focus of the story slowly shifted to why don't we know more? You know, what is it about the division of corporations uh, or the rather, what is it about the way in which our incorporation process um, is run here in Delaware? to where we enable this type of behavior. And it really is through secrecy. Um, you know, it's not only the secrecy, uh, the division of the corporation is trying to keep secret um, as much information about corporations as possible, people who are choosing to incorporate here, but it's also secrecy just in terms of um, internal operations being very, um, very uh, cagey with things like um, Freedom of Informa Information Act requests. Um, not answering them on time, um, having just things that are as simple as having a website um, that is not, you know, easily easily navigable um, when you are trying to find, um, you know, corporations here in Delaware and find information about them, and you know, and after a while, it just seemed, you know, it just seemed like this was, um, it's a, to an extent, inexcusable because um, there's a lot of information that the division of corporations. Um, does not um, provide to the public um, simply because they are want, they are they have a special FOIA exemption written into Delaware law. There was a, an amendment to the incorporation laws passed back in 2015 um, that gave them just wide-ranging powers to basically deny FOIA requests um, for you know any number of reasons. As far as I know, um, you know the, there aren't that many agencies or, you know, government uh, institutions in Delaware um, that have their own special FOIA exemption. Um, I believe that the General Assembly has one, I believe, right? The governor, uh, the governor has a special exemption um, where they don't necessarily have to sh um, share everything. And then, you know, as far as I know, the division of corporations, and I don't know any other agency that really has, um, you know, that power to basically preemptively say, that we're not going to share information with you. Yeah, I know. I know the governor has one because they 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 invoke that when they when they move the they did, they started moving the buses off of Rodney Square and then they wanted to redevelop Rodney Square. But there was a bunch of back and forth apparently between some big attorneys on Rodney Square and and Przicki and, and the governor and they got to block all of those because the governor was on them and and they used that privilege. I can just imagine what they must have been talking about. But my my uh, piece of information that always kind of intrigues me is I don't think people really can 
understand the amount of money and the percentage it is of the total budget from all of these different schemes, whether it's corporate schemes, other kinds of tax cuts uh, in, in banking and, and, and uh, LLCs and finance. It's, in, it's an incredible percentage. And, I'm, and I made a statement over the weekend uh, because Nurse Susan went and worked a few of the first vaccine um, events uh, as a volunteer to give the shots out. And, you know, people complained that it was it was very difficult traffic wait times technology all of that stuff was very difficult but you know we we pay almost no tax here we have no sales tax we have very very minimal uh, property taxes uh we get you know a huge percentage of our income from these schemes and the, the fact of the matter is that's we don't have infrastructure um, you, you noted in the piece the amount of money in the budget that comes basically from these fees and, and other sort of things. What was the number? I think it was about, um, let me double check. I think it was either $1.3 or $1.5 billion. Yeah, it was over a billion dollars. I remember that. It is the second largest source of revenue next to um, personal income taxes. And it is a very close second, like within a few million dollars type of second. And the, each of those, I believe, are a little over a third um, of our revenue. And that's where Delaware, why Delaware can keep its tax revenues, I think, or taxes uh, low is because so much of it is funded by this corporate machinery. We have more corporations here than people who pay, uh, you know, who pay really a bargain to incorporate here. And not only is it a bargain, but they also have all the protections of the division of corporations in the state of Delaware. And they have a very business friendly court, uh, the court of chancery, the oldest business court in the nation um, that um, and very pro business court um, often, um, you know, often sides again with um, business entities against like, those of normal people um, or the interests of business entities against those of, you know, the average people. And so, um, you know, and, and yeah, and that's something that is, is problematic for Delaware. You know, how are we, funding our state and how are we funding our schools and why do we have this extremely secretive, um, uh, you know, system for doing so. And, you know, why do we have to, you know, and, you know, why has the state turned a blind eye for years and years and years um, to um, money laundering, human trafficking and all sorts of other um, atrocities um, for, in order to basically keep the money rolling. Yeah, and, and Carl and I have talked about this. Um, you know, the general feeling for for most of the people who understand it, and this is why the secrecy is, I think, so important. Is there are people who do understand this, um, uh, but they're they they are happy with it because it serves their interests. Um, you know, they want to you know they want to keep the taxes very low, and they want this huge, huge, huge stream of revenue, and and you know, big capital takes major advantage of it. Um, but I, I, I have always wondered for 10 years or more, as long as I've kind of known what the system is, if, if there was really a sustained effort to expose what this is, um, you know, would the spell be broken? You know, what's the, what's the uh, how far do you have to push it where people say, you know, this is, this is really enough. We, we can't operate in this way at all. Um, and I think some of the reporting you've been doing along with like, along with dovetailing that into 
the people who really hold political power, um, open these packs, give unlimited money and all of that kind of thing. It really paints a picture of like what's really happening around here. Can I add something on there? Because I think there's a couple things that Jordan, you touched on that are so interesting and wide reaching because this is when you're talking about the fact that our laws allow companies to incorporate here and then skirt out on other states taxes. Like that is why when we were campaigning, we were talking a lot about how people need to care about what happens in Delaware because it is harming the budgets in Pennsylvania and other states where the businesses that are operating there make it so that they are not required to pay taxes in the states where they're operating. And the other piece of that that you only like lightly touched on but is so infuriating is the trademarks thing. So you can basically separate out trademarks from your company that are assets that are valuable put them in LLCs, I'm going to use the wrong words, whatever, incorporate them essentially in our state. And then you can bill your company basically for using that trademark. So it allows companies to not only like offshoot that asset, but then get a tax break because that is considered an expense of for using their own trademark. So there are like, I mean, those are just two things, but this goes so far beyond just like, oh, we're favorable to businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing. It's it's sold as I remember being at a uh, well, I'll tell you where I was. I was at a private event for Chris Johnson when Chris Johnson was running for for AG. And um, I remember a question he took from the the people who were there about, you know, the pre it was prefaced like that. It was like, you know, Delaware has has been known as making it very easy to do business and we have an advantage. I remember him calling it an advantage. And it went over into the, the typical Delaware way, like this is this is good, right? And he gave some kind of mishy, bad answer, which I should have thought more about. But I asked the next question, and I and, and I basically said, yeah, I don't I don't want you to do any of that. Everything he said is bad. And I sort of confronted this guy in like a living room. But yeah, people, I think that there's just a general feeling that. For the for the people who work in law and finance and the and the politicians and the apparatus that keeps that together, that that has to be held together. You know, that's that that's a good that's a good thing. And it really is probably the biggest thing um, that is that is going to run us into the dirt. Um, another thing the call is is committed to do. Because I don't think this happens. It certainly doesn't happen enough uh, in Newcastle County, but it doesn't happen enough in Kent and Sussex either. Is talking about the organizing that's happening, workers' rights stuff, tenants' rights stuff, um, education, uh, and as everybody knows, Ty is uh, hails from Dover, Delaware, and is our eyes and ears. There's a bunker. We we don't even talk about where it is, but it is in Dover. It's connected underground to Carries, which I probably shouldn't even have said that. But uh, any in any case, uh, I'm just so happy to uh, welcome Ty to this podcast, but also let you know that we're going to be working in sort of a Ty's corner. She's going to be popping up everywhere on the call, on the podcast, to let you know what she's doing, who needs to be called out for good stuff, who needs to be called out, um, who needs to straighten up their act, who needs to get accolades. Uh, but Ty's going to have a, a big role um, 
this year for the podcast and the call as she has a big role everywhere. Um, but I just wanted to welcome you and, um, and tell you that I'm excited about working together. Well, thank you. That was an that was an awesome welcome. I feel like I, I belong. I'm 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 grateful. You know, I think you know I, this is a great opportunity because you're right. People don't know what's going on, you know, and people are getting away with things. And I guess I'm beefing it up from just having to post on Facebook and social media and make videos. You know, I can get out here in the real you know, world and. Make sure that people know what's going on. Good stuff, bad stuff, where they can get involved, all the good stuff. Yeah, I think that's going to be really important. Uh, I said at the beginning, you know, there's a there's a part of this that everybody has to get inspired and do in some fashion. And it's very difficult because the people who are going to, be, are going to need to be inspired to do it, none of them are listening to this right now. Like, I have no, uh, you know, I, I have no, I'm not deluded. I, I understand that. Uh, my hope is that um, as we talk about this kind of stuff and people understand, like Jess said, people understand workers' issues, tenants' issues, and 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 we sort of we, we we show the one side for what it is, as we talked about with Jordan, but we also say there's a there's a remedy to that, uh, and the remedy to that is organizing the people you work with, organizing the people you live with organizing, you know, the other parents that you send your kids to school, all that stuff. And that's that's the that's the remedy and that's what we're trying to sort of put out to people, but it but it they have to be engaged with it. So it's stuff that they have to feel really feel it and nobody feels it more than you, I think. You know the funny thing is, Rob, do you know how I got started? I don't and and we talked about this because you're you're a, a person who and I guess because we had to close the studio down and we couldn't do any in-person stuff like we, like we started out doing, but like I've been dying to have to do like a full hour with you to talk about how you started out and your background and all of this stuff, but I will not do it over zoom. I refuse to do it. So anyway, I don't know. And I want to know. So we're going to, I'm going to give you like a little spoiler. Okay. A spoiler is how I got started was I was, laid off and had free time and everybody was hopeless so I get on Facebook and I'm you know like no no we can find me something I run across a Jessica Rain video I'm like oh my gosh I got hope I got hope I got hope <laughs> so somewhere I saw this I'm probably the only person in the world who saw some ad in I call the campaign phone Saren answers she entertains me for two hours and you know, my idea was like, I just want to bring, it's funny that you say this. I was like, I want to bring people to a candidate so they can talk to them, real people about their problems. So when the candidate gets elected, and she will, when the candidate gets elected, then she can say, instead of always saying like in hypothetical, she can say, I spoke to this person, she was a teacher, and this is what she told me. And that is literally how I got started doing this. Because Saren was crazy enough to entertain me for two hours and listen to my crazy idea, and I had no idea what I was doing. But the, I, I, I would like to say this, and uh, for everybody listening, you did hear that Jess will be doing uh, videos such as these for the Delaware Call. Uh, if that's something that you're interested in, please continue to look at the Delaware Call. They're obviously very inspiring uh, because they inspired this. But uh, 
I think that's so that's so important because well, what was it? Do you remember what it was about the video? Do you remember what it what the like what it was? It was a bunch of them, and that was and it's funny because I'm normally a very private person, and because of Jess's videos, and I would send people to her page and send them to the, her them her videos. She was so such a person, like a whole person. Like she talked about real things and she sounded like a person. Not a person doing a political speech, not a person trying to get votes. She sounded like a person who actually like lives in this country and works, you know? So it, I never had to sell Jess. Jess always sold herself, you know what I mean? So it was just like, when I would say, I never, anytime we did town hall, she could talk, I, I didn't prep her about all oh, this, that, there. I would sit back, we would talk, briefly and we let it go because I had confidence she sounded like a real person and she could handle it every person people who didn't never wanted to vote people who returned every one of them not only did they they got involved you know and that was why from there I started posting on my Facebook page and making little videos and stuff because you know I was if it worked for Jess I know I'm a real person too I said, let me just be a little bit more personable. So you're not just seeing my little snazzy things, you know, I'm gonna show you the whole person, you know, when I have funny things to say, when I'm serious, when I've been at the polls all day and I'm exhausted, I was showing them the whole person, not just an image of a person, me as a whole entire person, good days, bad days, you know, hair messed up, the whole nine. That's so beautiful. Again, and I think this is so, this is exactly it because on a political end of it, I think that if if we're going to get involved in pol in political part of it, in electoral politics, what we do, what we've been doing is exactly I think the the path is engaging new people, engaging them, just being like normal, you know, just verified person. I think we call it uh, the whole person. Yeah, the whole like an actual like you're like that's a person. I see. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just saying like <laughs> just somebody, <laughs> somebody will listen to my story and sort of at least go into this thing that I've given up on for good reason. Um, you know, the thing I've given up on and I'm just not interested in engaging with, um, there's a way to engage with it. That's a, that's, that's genuine and people, people can feel it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's it. That's the whole story really. Yeah. And I mean. I think Tarn and our team gave Ty the time to talk because I think everyone kind of saw that she just had this natural knack for it, for connecting people, for talking to them in a way that is just incredibly human. And that's really what we have to think about politics being, right? Like it can't be wonky policy that is exclusionary and, and keeps people out. It has to be people like Ty who are looking around and saying, Things are not the way they should be, and I believe that individual people are capable of changing the world. So let's find a way to do it. And you know, we've <laughs> Ty is going to do it, so I'm I'm excited to see where she goes. Right behind you, Jess. Okay, you lead the way. <laughs> like a real gas up sesh over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I've said this before, and I, the the most important part of the electoral process i think is the the building up of the organizing behind it you know like 
the Sauron. I met Sauron at a, an event at my house with Eugene, like a year before, maybe nine months before the mayoral primary. And and now she's doing intake on a Senate campaign and getting somebody who's now going to be like top organizer in Kent County and in the state. I mean, this is like this is how stuff builds up. You know, you're able to inspire people. And and again, if you do it right, like like Carl can do it. Then you actually win tons of these races too, <laughs> yeah. like as a as a side yeah <laughs> as a as a side benefit, a bunch of them actually actually win, win and are yeah. seated Take as state legislators. Take power and wield it. What do you mean? Yeah, so it all like it's you know it, it all works together. Yeah, and but you um, make a good point though because how often does that organizing part usually just get shut down? And I think that's what we're really trying to prevent from happening now because it's usually like spin people up for 10 months 12 months whatever and then okay we won or we lost shut it all down and i think people are recognizing like that's not how you actually change things and that's what we're trying to do here yeah i mean i made a joke about it being a secondary goal and certainly it's the way to to wield power and so it's not exactly secondary but it's it, it is ancillary because there it doesn't matter unless you continue to do it until you continue to do other things. You know, we're, we're going to be starting a, a huge push in the legislature now that that it's been won or, or you know, we've we've won more seats there. Um, and you couldn't do that if you just thought about, like, well, who's going to run the next time here? Is this person going to run? Am I going to work for that person? Like, who cares about that? Like, that, that's that to me is. Uh, runs alongside of it, but 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 is sort of like a, a secondary thing. And now I'm going to throw it to uh, to Carl for him to tell me why campaigns are boss and they're and they're awesome, and you know this is what we have to do. I mean, I, I I will always defend campaigns, and I think nobody here is going against campaigns. Um, but yeah, I think. It is something that is very important um, because that 10 to 12 months that spin everybody up with a very set deadline is one of the most motivational things in politics, essentially. Uh, like, just look at 2016 in the Bernie Sanders campaign and how many people got involved because look at 2008 in the Obama campaign. Because, I mean, that's sort of the example that I think when Jess was talking about spinning people up and then shutting everything down, that's probably the most prominent example of when that happened. Um, and as, to a certain extent, it's going to happen after every election because not everybody's going to keep going. But yeah, elections and I mean, look at the story with Ty. Um, if Jess had not been running that Senate campaign, that's why these primaries are so important, even if they don't necessarily end up winning the election. Um, because you get so many people involved, the number of people who've gotten involved in Jess's campaign, for example, that are now doing great things with WFP, with Delaware United, with DSA, and all these other groups is incredible. Uh, and so campaigns are important for that reason, but they are only half of the equation because once you get down there, and unfortunately we've seen this sometimes with people, is that you'll have someone who's legitimately great, great person, has a lot of good ideas. They go down to Dover and they just get swallowed into the system uh, because especially if you go down there by yourself or just one or two other people, you are completely alone. And the only people you have to talk to are lobbyists and leadership. And that's not a good group of people to talk to if you want to actually get things done, uh, at least not good things done. 
Uh, so a big part of this is then having not it's, you know, the movement has to be a bad cop and a good cop because you have to bad cop sometimes like these people are down there to represent us. They support, you know, they need to do the things that we sent them down there to do, but you also have to be a good cop. You have to give that support to legislators that do not usually get that support from anybody that's not trying to get them to support something bad. So the movement has to continue in terms of continuing to run these great candidates, but also continuing to support them and continuing to put pressure on them to make sure that we actually pass these things that we sent them down there to do. And then the nice thing about that is that these two efforts feed into each other because you get people who are spun up during these campaigns. Not everybody wants to knock doors every day for the rest of their lives. Some of, the, some of them do, and I respect those people quite a bit, but like not everybody does. And some people want to take breaks from one thing, move to the other. Um, and the nice thing is that these both build up uh, pillar support connecting people in their communities. Um, even just running a campaign by itself gets people more politically involved. Like we saw that with Medina's race in the 26th, we went from having 15, 16% primary turnout to having over 30% primary turnout because a campaign was run and we actually tried to reach out to people. And those people are now getting involved in the RD committees. They are getting involved in other community organizations because someone reached out to them. And so these campaigns are very important. The stuff that comes after is even more important, but the two things do feed into each other. And then, you know, that's all, it's all connected to what we're doing. And that connects to um, the communications that connects to, you know, the reporting that's being done because it's all about having, it's, I don't like to use the word citizenship um, in the modern context because it's been so associated with like the anti-immigrant movement, but it's, it's the very classic idea of citizenship is like, you're not just an island and we're not all just atomic individuals completely far away from each other. We are a community. We're a, a, we are a society. We live in a society. Um, and it can be very hard to know that, but with this organizing effort, whether it be electoral, whether it be issue campaign, whether it be um, stuff like the Delaware call, it's a way to get people connected to collectively organize for change in a way that has been almost decimated in this country and around the world um, over the last 50 years. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the first thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll plug the, uh, the bonus uh, episode a little bit. Uh, what, you're, what you're talking about was we've talked about it before Obama's lost army. Um, the idea that sort of organizing stopped I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot because I went and reread it when we were talking about it a few weeks ago. And, yeah, I mean, the first thing is Obama sort of vanquished Hillary Clinton and people for, sort of forget what that was like. And so it, it almost gave him an air of, like, I'm going to vanquish Clintonism. Like, I've, I've, I've beaten the Clinton. I'm, I'm a, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, he had great rhetoric. Great speaker. He was a, a, a transformational figure, obviously. First black president. All of this stuff. And so because all of that was in context, um, you know, people kind of like just switched off. The one thing about Biden, and maybe we'll talk about this in the bonus when we talk about the inaugural, is like that, all of that stuff doesn't exist. Like there's no feeling like that when, you know, Obama was inaugurated and I can talk more about that in the bonus because I was there. Um, that's gone. So yeah, we have to stick with the program. 
Um, I think that's sort of what we're pushing with the Delaware call is like, this is news. This is journalism. These are things that's ha different stories. We're going to try to provide all of that. Uh, but really what, what it's about is just to keep going, you, you know, keep uh, organizing people where they work, where they live, just to make people's lives better because we're seeing them get worse and it can't, it can't go on, you know, much longer. Absolutely not. Well, folks, we're going to go and have a little bit of fun. But before we do, uh, I just want to uh, ask you all to uh, take a look at the call. Um, take a look at submitting pieces to the call or giving us your ideas. Jordan Howell will call you on the phone sometimes. And he'll be like, hey, do you want to write about this? And if you have a good idea, we will publish it in the call. Jordan, do you want to talk about a little bit about that before we uh, cut this off, about the, the engagement with, with the people? With the, with, as, as Carl would call them, I don't know if I'd use the word citizen this day and age. But Carl wanted to use the word citizen. So tell them how they can be a citizen journalist. Well, yeah. And one of the things, um, you know, and I am a, uh, like many of us here, you know, I was, uh, um, you know, my, as an activist, I was raised, you know, kind of under the umbrella of Drew Saris and the, you know, and Eugene and the network. And, you know, one of the, I know, right. <laughs> and one of the things they always emphasize, right, is building up, right. And one of the things that we want to do with the call is help to build up writers. Um, there are, there aren't a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of places for writers to publish in Delaware. It is a very small market, um, especially if you um, are doing some, uh, you know, on the ground reporting, um, you know, and would like to get paid for that or something like that. Um, there is, and, you know, in the, a lot of the place, uh, the, you know, media outlets that we do have are uh, either um, don't really accept uh, any freelancer, you know, freelance work. Uh, the News Journal, for example, uh, you know, has some agreements, I, I think, with, uh, you know, some of their former reporters, but, you know, for the most part, they keep all that in-house. Uh, and then a lot of the magazines out here, they have pools of reporters, and they oftentimes will, you know, delegate stories to them based on, you know, what the editor is like. Uh, and, you know, we really want to think about this as a place where, you know, you can pitch to uh, stories about politics, um, about society, culture, uh, the arts, history, you know, anything here in Delaware that um, that you think kind of, you know, aligns with, um, um, you know, this kind of like larger kind of political goal of organizing people to action, you know, then um, there is a place for you to publish uh, on the call. Yep, that's what we're looking for. We're looking to tell people how to get involved, giving them a way to get involved and, and just trying to give them the stories that, uh, will inspire them um, to jump in this uh, to, with us because, as I said, I'm, I don't think anybody on this Zoom right now is under any delusions that, um, you know, that we're going to do it. Like we're some kind of like we're like a vanguard uh, and, and, you know, we're like the bullshit, the five Bolsheviks or something. That's it's not going to happen like that. Um, so uh, I'm just uh, hope everybody will check out the call. I hope people will uh, think about becoming a monthly subscriber, uh, you know, letting us uh, do the work that we're doing, get involved with it. And, um, and I think we're going to make a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of changes in the next election cycle because people are going to be engaged and there's going to be ways um, to get involved and really be uh, sort of inspired. So 
check out the Delaware Call, DelawareCall.com. And now we're going to take a brief break and we're going to come back and we're gonna we're gonna have fun. We're just gonna have a fun part. We'll call it the fun part. No, we'll call it the post game. I don't know. But we'll be back. Left is best anyway. 